0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com.
1: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Inu dean Today is Wednesday, February 8th. Coming up, local dispensaries and customers are thrilled that recreational marijuana sales are now legal in Missouri. Plus, we'll visit a bar in Philadelphia that Kansas City Chiefs fans call home. But first, some headlines. A Missouri Senate bill would bar school employees from discussing sexual orientation or gender identity with students. Sarah Kellogg reports the bill has been compared to Florida's don't-say-gay legislation. The legislation bars any teacher, counselor, school nurse, or other employee from talking about those topics with students. There is an exception that allows a licensed mental health provider to have such a discussion with prior permission from a parent. Senator Mike Moon, the sponsor of the legislation, pushed back against the notion that it was a don't-say-gay bill, saying his aim is to protect children from those conversations. But Senator Greg Razor, who is the only openly LGBTQ member of the Missouri Senate, said he has never felt more disrespected over a bill and that it erases him as a person. In public schools. In my own district, a teacher would not be able to tell them that their senator is gay. The committee heard testimony from people supporting and opposing the bill, though ultimately more people testified against it. Missouri lawmakers also heard testimony yesterday on a bill that would bar the changing of any Missouri birth certificate for people who've gone through a non-surgical gender transition. That means transgender people who undergo hormone, voice, or behavioral therapy would be unable to change their birth certificate to the gender with which they identify. Republican Senator Mike Sirpoy of Jackson County sponsored the bill.
2: A birth certificate is an historic document that states facts on the day you were born. The date, the place,
3: the sex, or facts, nothing more. Once noted, they should remain.
1: Opponents of the bill include the American Civil Liberties Union of Missouri, which said the bill would violate privacy rights and could open the state to costly litigation. More people testified against the bill than in support of it. An Amtrak train hit a FedEx truck north of Pleasant Hill, Missouri, yesterday. The truck driver was pronounced dead at the scene. None of the train crew nor the 29 passengers were hurt. The train was heading east on a relatively busy track that carries four passenger trains and miles-long Union Pacific freight trains daily. The train crossing is marked by two small signs with no light, bell, or gate. We'll be back after this. The start of recreational marijuana sales last Friday brought a huge amount of business to local dispensaries. KCUR's Carlos Moreno was there on the first day, and he's been in touch with customers and sellers who say they're thrilled. He sat down with me to tell me how dispensaries are dealing with long lines and how legalization might impact the stigma around using drugs like cannabis. So I'm assuming dispensaries have seen a big spike in sales.
2: Yes, they've all said they've got incredible numbers show up early and often and throughout the day. Fresh green in Brookside. Bianca Sullivan is the owner there, one of the owners there. And she says that they had eight to nine times their normal volume on that first day, Friday. She said it slowed down to about seven times their normal volume on Saturday. Another dispensary I talked to here in Kansas City said they had about three to four times more volume than they usually have for a. Friday.
1: Yeah, this past weekend I was driving by a couple places and I noticed the parking lots were packed.
2: Yeah, and they've been packed ever since these things opened up on Friday. In fact, Friday was even – they got a slow start on Friday because people were still slow to learn about it. A lot of people went to work and they started hearing from coworkers. They started seeing it on social media. So they started trickling in even more at the end of the day and they were filling up parking lots. And a lot of people reported that even at the end of the day at closing hours, there still packed parking lots, packed waiting rooms of people wanting to get their first uh, – Uh, their first opportunity.
1: So how did dispensaries prepare for all of this?
2: They, uh, of course they, they were hiring staff. They were having to create new, um, Uh, uh, shelving and storage, and they had to make sure their supply was up to speed because they did not want to be caught without supply. So those were the main things. They had to get more people on staff. They had to get a lot more training done a lot faster. They had to ramp up their infrastructure, and they just had to start making uh, preparations for the announcement, too. They all had to update their websites. They all had to create different protocols and new protocols because they still had to deal with the regular medical customers and this new influx of recreational users.
1: So what have wait times been like for customers?
2: The wait times have not been terrible, but they have been longer than usual. Some of the dispensaries reported that customers are waiting about 30 to 40 minutes longer, not not even reaching an hour. They said they, because they did ramp up with more staff and they did ramp up their facilities, they're able to move people through fairly fast. One of the owners at Third Street Dispensary, Cheryl Annan in Lee Summit, said they were joking in line about how long they had to wait.
3: They've been waiting, you know, since 1970 or 1960 for this so. Um, another 30 or 45 minutes wasn't a big deal to
2: them also the uh, the dispensaries were giving priority to their medical customers because those customers had been coming for a couple of years now and so they wanted to prioritize those people who showed up and some of them didn't even know the recreational selling uh, the recreational retail sales had started so a lot of the medical customers showed up caught off guard because they saw a sudden line and wait times that kind of frightened them because they had been accustomed to just kind of showing up and getting their supply pretty easily and now they're having to deal deal with these uh, these new customers.
1: So do these dispensaries expect this spike in business to continue like this?
2: Yes, they do. They expect to have a couple of weeks of very high intensity sales. They are looking for because they've got another big weekend here. They've got the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. So they expect these big events like this are going to draw a lot of customers. So this opening week with Super Bowl week followed after that, they're expecting two to three weeks of really big usage and and more customers showing up as they learn and and understand what is is actually being sold at these different stores and they learn about new products that are also being introduced.
1: So what have customers said about all this? Are they pretty happy? Yeah,
2: Yes, the customers, universally, the customers are smiling and laughing. They're in line, they're joking, and they're, everyone is very patient. They understand that this is all new, and they're still learning, too. One customer, Sabrina Blakeney at Good Day Farm in Kansas City, she was in line with several people late Friday afternoon. She showed up, and she walked from her house. She's nearby. She was able to walk to come get her, her first purchase, and she was just smiling and laughing, and she likened it to Christmas Day. So cool.
0: Like That's why I said I feel like it's Christmas in February. I like, never thought this would happen, you know, so easily. And it's an easy process. You know, you just give them your ID and come in. It's pretty cool.
2: So there were a lot of customers who, like I said, they're smiling and laughing, and they all seem to show up not quite sure of what to expect. (laughs) There were many who it was their very first time going into a retail uh, establishment to buy legal marijuana. And some of them were just tickled at that idea that this is something they could do without having to look over their shoulder, without having to worry about the stigma that's normally associated with buying a product that uh, one person told me, yeah, we often bought it beneath the The stadium stands. So now they're able to buy it out in the open, and this is a new deal for them. So it's it's surprising and fun, and they, they seem to be enjoying it.
1: So far, only existing dispensaries have been allowed to start recreational sales. Will we start seeing new dispensaries opening up in the area in the next couple of months?
2: I think we'll see a few opening up. When I was looking at the list that the Missouri State Department of Health and Senior Services put out, they have a database of all the different dispensaries that had already applied for their conversion license to sell recreational marijuana. And there was about 14 or 15 still on the list that hadn't received their license. And I asked specifically about those and uh, an official with MOCAN, said that, which is the Missouri Cannabis Trade Association, they said that, yeah, those are businesses that are either not fully complete or still haven't finished their facilities. So yeah, we're going to see a few more businesses open up in the coming weeks, months, perhaps.
1: That was KCUR's Carlos Moreno. Chiefs Kingdom might have a bigger reach than we thought. Big Charlie's Saloon in South Philadelphia prefers KC's red and gold over the Eagles' green and white. The bar was expecting a huge turnout for the Super Bowl, but announced Monday it'll be closed the night of the big game. Corey Sharber with WHYY in Philadelphia has more on Big Charlie's long legacy and the owner's decision to stay closed.
0: In a sea of Kelly Green, Big Charlie's Saloon is the bright red corner on 11th and McKean. Inside what's been dubbed Arrowhead East, generations of Kansas City Chiefs fans can be found in the city of brotherly love. Owner Paul Stako has been a Chiefs fan since he was a kid. He says it all started with a
3: bet his father Charlie made. 1970s Super Bowl 4. He won, and the next day I got a bike. And I had loyalty to the team after that.
0: Staco inherited the establishment from his dad after he passed in 1983. Originally a pretty normal bar, Stako used it back to watch chief games with his friends.
3: It was never supposed to be this way. This was supposed to be five, six, eight of us back here on Sundays doing our thing, watching a game, you know, and it turned out this blew up. The
0: second you walk in Big Charlie's, you'll find a Lombardi Trophy replica from the Chiefs' Super Bowl 54 victory and an Emmy Award for a documentary shot at the bar in the 2000s. The bar has a charm to it that has caused many South Philly natives to cross into enemy territory. Dennis Schuler, a lifelong Eagles fan, says he passed by the bar every day growing up while riding the bus with his mother. One day, he decided to check it out. And then I walked in and everybody was just great. You know, so welcoming. After just a couple times coming here, they were like family. That's basically the story of everybody that comes in here. Over the years, Big Charlie's developed a loyal clientele like Michael Pooji, who stuck with them even during long stretches of losing seasons for the
3: Chiefs. They were even blacked out in Kansas City, but we used to have a satellite dish, and uh, we used to watch the games, but we used to still root, you know, just like it was you know, for a victory, and uh, it was a good time.
0: The Chiefs have really found their footing in the last decade, largely due to the help of former Eagles coach Andy Reid and Pro Bowl quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Manager Laura Sessa says the team's success could be seen at the bar with all the new fans coming in. So there was a handful of them watching the Chiefs every single week, and then it just grew each year a little more, a little more, got recruited more, recruited more. People heard about it, who moved here, they started coming. It was like becoming a home for people. Big Charlie's had plans to host a Super Bowl gathering this Sunday. However, Stako said demand for the tickets got overwhelming forcing him to make a tough decision.
3: We decided that basically we're going to be closed at night. Staco said
0: he was only expecting about 100 people, but he ended up selling more than triple that with the game still days away. He says he was concerned all the hype and crowds would turn
3: some of his regulars away. It's a situation where I'm not cutting nobody off. People that had our back, you know, when things wasn't so good. They hit our back. I'm not cutting them down.
0: Because for Staco, the people that come through his doors, Chiefs fans or not, are like family to him.
3: Family's everything to me. You know, I just want my father to be proud of me. Even at this age today, I, I always think of, you know, what would he be thinking? And if he's looking on, looking down on me, which I, I think he is, you know, if he's proud, I, I really feel that way. Because we'll I, you know, his own his, um, values, or instilled in me for sure.
0: Super Bowl 57 kicks off at 6.30 p.m. on Sunday, and while the red and gold corner will lie dormant, Staco says Big Charlie's will be open Monday for everyone. Corey Sharber, W-H-Y-Y News.
1: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Paris Norvell, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Carlos's coverage of marijuana in Missouri and Corey's story about Big Charlie's, visit KCUR.org, where you can find more news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.